conference. Watergate. Hit me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Yes, this is Mark Hershon, and welcome to Epi 54 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. I am recording this in Studio F instead of Studio P, the home of the hit, uh, just because getting studio time sometime with our engineer producer, Joe Polino, is a little bit difficult because he works harder than I do. Uh, but anyway, so I'm in Studio F, uh, my Fiat, which uh, normally I do this in the wee hours of the morning when there's nobody around. It's uh, midday on Saturday. There's a Mexican radio station playing in a house across the street. There's cars driving by. Somebody's watering. So if you hear errant sounds in the background when I'm talking, that's what it is. The neighborhood sounds around Studio F. Uh, we have a really full show today. A lot of clips to get to. Uh, we wade back into it uh, after last week's uh, last episode's interview with Matt Weinholt. Uh, we have a bunch of shows we've never played before and a few that we have. You know, I make it a point on this show to pretty much play the samples from these different comedy podcasts that are out there without much commentary, unless it's about how they sound technically and whether I think they should work on that. But the reason is to let you hear them and set you off on a voyage of discovery or not. It's funny, but in 54 episodes of doing this show, I have yet to ever hear from a listener whether you like or dislike a single show that I've featured. So either you guys are just as magnanimous as me, or maybe nobody's listening. I don't know. Of course, some of the shows I do clip come from your suggestions, so those would be likes, of course. Other than that, no one has ever emailed or tweeted or commented on the home site about shows they either liked or didn't like. Except the people who were, you know, from the show that the clips were from. They they like them. So feel free to do that whenever you want. Uh, whether you like it, don't like it, just uh, let, let us know how you feel. There is a new Succotash design up in the Succotashery. That's right. The graphic artists down in the Succotash Art Department put together a new image this past week. And we've got it up on our merch. It's sort of the component parts of Succotash. Uh, there's lima beans. There's corn. There's a pot. They're all linked by plus signs, you see, so lima beans plus corn plus the pot equals succotash. There are no words, so you have to figure out, do the math yourself. Although on some of the t-shirts and the tote bag, we do have the classic succotash logo on the other side, so it all becomes evident to those with the eyes to see. Uh, as introduced last week, here's this week's The 10 Most Active in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast List. At 37, walking the room up 37 and that would have been from uh from uh dave's uh, dave's dollop which was uh, dave anthony on his own so congratulations dave you got some interest there at 63 by the way in conversation with jeff garland is down 19 at 64 dining with doug and karen up 211 points good lord at 65 the naughty show down 18 at 73 todd and tyler radio empire up 306 places. Good heavens. That's fantastic. We're going to have to give Todd and Tyler uh, a clip uh, 
next week, maybe. Uh, don't know anything about that show. That's the Todd and Tyler Radio Empire, up 306 places to 73. At 84, The Onion, down 43. At 86, About Last Night, down 27. At 88, Mike and Tom Eat Snacks, up 19. At 89, Alonzo Bowden, Who's Paying Attention, down 19. And at 95, The Best Medicine Show, up 128 places. So that's the 10 most active in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast list. If you want the top 10 shows from that list, well, just click on over to Stitcher.com and look them up yourself. They're pretty much the same as they are every week. And I like talking about shows that are at least making something happen or perhaps making nothing happen. And you can hear that here at Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. Now, on a lot of podcasts, at least the podcasts that feature working comics, they usually set aside a chunk of time to plug where they're going to be. Now, believe it or not, I have some plugs. That's right. I'm not a stand-up. I do do improv, but uh, I have some appearances coming up. Now, this is actually an appearance that just happened. It was a conclusion of my class in uh, media communication. So I want to thank the University of San Francisco for having me come in to teach a class to uh, some MBA grad students about how to perform for the camera both uh, in front of the media and also just for video conferencing and things like that. Uh, I have recently become an um, adjunct faculty member at USF, and uh, this was my first class. So I'll be hoping to teach another one of those in the next semester if the students liked it. I have to go through a rating period, just like, oh, no, they don't rate podcasts, do they? <laughs> uh, so unless you're an MBA grad student, you can't get into that particular show, but you can get into next Friday's beta test of a new live comedy show concept called Speechless, where I'll be performing live. It's roughly based on a cross between the set list stand-up concept and something called Battle Decks, where we each have to perform a presentation on a topic chosen at random using a PowerPoint deck made up of random images that have nothing to do with the topic. So this should be interesting and nuts. I'm calling it Shitting Your Pants Without a Net, but it's called Speechless. It's going to be on Friday, March 29th at the 9th Street Independent Film Center in downtown San Francisco at 8 p.m. Uh, it's just 10 bucks in advance, $15 at the door. Look for the Speechless show link up on the SuckatashShow.com home site. I will link something there, and you can get some more information about that. We are hoping to make that a monthly show, by the way. Then on Monday, April 1st, that's right, April Fool's Day, I'm performing with the April's Fools at the 142 Throckmorton Theater in downtown Mill Valley. It's going to be a night of stand-up comedy, spoken word, music, and maybe a little bit of improv, too. I'll be reading the classic Bricklayer's Lament by Gerard Hoffnung. That was a comedy essay from 1958, and also some other stuff. Will Durst from our Burst Durst features on the bill, as well as Johnny Steele, Michael Bazier, Dick Bright, and a whole bunch of other funny folks. That felt strangely satisfying, plugging all that stuff. Maybe I'll have to do more live appearances. But now we're about to get to a whole rack of taped appearances. Before we do, just a side note to perpetuate something that got started a couple of episodes ago, when I played a clip from Chill Pack Hollywood Hour with TV's Dean Haglin and Phil Ochocinco Lerness. You might remember that I said they've been doing the show for more than four years. So on their next show, they corrected me and let me know it was more like six years. Last episode, I apologized and made a correction, but I also called Phil and left a voicemail apologizing. So on their last episode, they played that voicemail at the top of their show, and it sounded something like this. Hey, Phil, it's Mark Hirsch. I'm calling at 6 o'clock on Monday night. 
just listening to uh, chillpackhollywood.com hour. And, uh, I'm just glad to see you were listening to the show. See, I leave those little Easter eggs in there of my fucking up. Oh, wait, no, those aren't Easter eggs. That's me fucking up. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just do my wraparounds on the fly, and I was going, gosh, how long have those guys been on the air? And I just, you know what, I just threw a number out there. But lucky you means I have to record a correction in the next episode. So you guys get a double plug. See, that's the way it works. Fuck attach. Our fuck up is your good fortune. And we're going to have that printed on our business card soon. Uh, I hope everything is uh, going well. And I hope our paths cross soon. Talk to you soon. And a little later in the show, they followed up with this. You know, the, that uh, voicemail at the opening was yes. from Mark Hirsch on the Succotash. And we talked about uh, how he was kind enough to play a clip from our show, though he got certain things Incorrect. wrong. Yep. And uh, I guess hearing us calling him out on that, he called up with a mea culpa. And it is very sweet. On uh, the episode 53 of Succotash, he also... Uh, made a correction. Ah. And in the blog on Succotash, he made a correction. Look at that. Uh, and we now have a two-week-old uh, tradition here of people inadvertently becoming guests on the show. <laughs> By calling uh, By calling me. Calling you and apologizing and or saying something about the show, yeah. which then seems appropriate to put in at the opening <laughs> of a so show. Funny. This ping-pong match, by the way, goes back a little further to my episode 51 and a half which they talked about in some detail on an earlier episode of Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. So now I feel like I've extended the obligation to keep this going by having played my voicemail to them and then the clip of them talking about the voicemail. What's next? Who knows? This could be the greatest crossover triumph since the Jack Benny-Fred Allen feud of the old days of radio. It could also be an unmitigated disaster. The real question is, will Dean and Phil keep the chain going or will they break it and suffer seven years of bad luck? I know that's for mirrors, but podcasting's too new to have its own superstitions. Other than the superstition, that is, about me losing listeners by not playing legitimate clips. Fine. Here we go. Now, a regular feature of Succotash is our burst o durst with political comedian, raging moderate, and ambassador to the middle Will Durst. Normally, it's the very last bit of comedy magic that we play on the show, and I realize that some people may not get a chance to hear it. Podcasting, after all, is a slippery beast, and I, for one, sometimes don't listen all the way through a show before I'm on to the next one. Because this Epi 54 is dropping a little late, uh, I've messed up, and I have a double dose of Durst this time around, so I'm going to give you a one-two punch of will. One now and one, as usual, at the end of the show. This first burst is about President Obama's charm offensive, as Will puts it. Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words on President Obama's charm offensive, which for the last two weeks has seen him furiously pirouetting around Washington, not unlike a carnival contortionist. He's reportedly reaching across the aisle in an attempt to revive his budgetary grand bargain, but the gulf between House Republicans and his administration is still so wide they can't even see each other due to the curvature of the earth. The Obama Charm School. Yeah, has to be in the same wing as the George W. Bush think tank. Just a couple of doors down from the William Jefferson Clinton Marriage Counseling Service. To say that Republicans are skeptical is like implying the surface of the sun is toasty. 
Paul Ryan lunched with the president last week, then turned around and introduced a budget that once again calls for the repeal of Obamacare and replaces Medicare with vouchers. Obama's staff claims five Republicans were invited to the White House to watch the movie Lincoln, but they all declined. And you know what they were thinking. Black guy, Lincoln, it's a trap. If only he had promised to screen Life of Pi. Everybody loves tigers. In the immortal words of Rodney King, can't we all just get along? Then it gets pretty obvious the answer is no. Obama doesn't understand. You can buy them lunch, let them sleep on your couch, wash their poo-poo undies in the sink, shower them with kisses, throw surprise birthday parties complete with pony rides and bouncy houses, co-sign a loan for their summer home on Chesapeake Bay, and it don't mean a thing. Doesn't matter how much you schmooze, they still have to go back to their districts and fend off the pit bulls from the right. They might as well be flirting with a brick wall. Best save those chocolates and flowers for Michelle. I got a feeling you're going to need them. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. You can find all sorts of interesting things by Will Durst at willdurst.com, and he also frequently tweets at Will Durst up on Twitter. Uh, We're going to go into a new show that we haven't featured before, and it's a new show by comedian Phil Mercurio. He's only up to Episode 7, Episode 8 coming up, but he's already on the Sideshow Network out of Los Angeles, which is a network that's sprung up in the past six months, and they've already have, what's the technical term? Oh, yes, a shitload of comedy shows. Paul's Epi 7 is actually a continuation from Epi 6, or Part 2, of his interview with Lewis Black. Here's a chunk of their chat where they talk about Lewis's college background and his writing style, such as it is. Chapel Hill cost really at the time practically, really? for the time, nothing. Wow. Okay. I mean, but that was before they, you know, yeah. before, you know, it became like the same amount, you know, or, or a chunk more than, you know, to, to, to go there. Right. You know, now, now it's, it's expensive. And uh, then it was not, you know, expensive. It was like... Uh, you know, a hundred. I would say cost all told. You know, for me to go to school, two hundred fifty bucks a month. Jesus, really? With everything. Wow. Based on what you've achieved, you, that's about the quality of education. <laughs> good for you. Good for you for bargain basement on your education. Yeah. That was a really smart. Well, move. they were a really good school at the time, and it was tough to get into. But they had a theater program. But what really did it was, is I arrived of all of the campuses that I'd ever gone to. I arrived on the campus of Chapel Hill and felt like. Oh, I get it. This is where I belong. I belong yeah. here. Yeah, I really like this yeah. where I'm standing, and I like this, and I could be happy. And here. at this stage, you know. So and I don't you... study anything, I, so I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. I fucking just liked being there. And then I realized, oh man, there's there's seven men to every woman here. Are you shitting me? That there's a curfew for women? <laughs> really? Yeah, it dry, that that died. A lot of shit died. Has that ever changed in you? That sort of you? I I know. You don't really write your act. I mean, you pretty much have a seed of an idea, and you go on yeah. stage, and you just start to formulate it, and then you'll tweak and play with it. And I know you're yeah. on the road with John, uh, uh, John Bowman, and he, yeah. he he works with you too on some stuff. Right. Yeah. It's fascinating for people who don't know. I mean, Lewis, I've never seen him with a notebook. I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen. Can you write? Do you just sign when you do contracts? You just like an ex, like like an immigrant. Like I've never seen no, you I write have notes. shit out. I have notes, but but they're just notes. I never write. You never what? sit at the computer. Now, which is ironic in a way to me because you're a playwright, so you are a wordsmith in a huge way, and yet for your, why is it that for your act you're not doing that? Because I always, uh, from the start, when I first started doing it, I was just telling stories. Mm-hmm. So, there were, so I just 
I always started that. I mean, I you just, had this style early on. Not the style, but not writing. Yeah. Uh, you know, the style came later. But I mean, the, when I was, I, I had like six, seven really funny stories about my sex life. So, um, and I would tell those stories. You know, people would say, tell the story, and I'd tell the story. And then uh, when I started going on stage, I would tell. And I realized that uh, there was nothing to write down because I knew the story. So right. what am I going to go, you know. Right. Uh, you know, and, right. and then when I eventually wrote it down, when I got, to, I thought, you know, but when I was still, I was always fooling around with, I would do stand up and quit and do it and quit. And so when I got to to the drama school, I said, okay, I'll write it down. This is Yale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to, you know. Cause Getting I'm your gonna, master's at Yale. He got his master's at Yale, Yale drama school. So I'm going to write it all down. Now I'm going to write these stories down. And then uh, I'm going to, you know, do that the, the way I wrote them down. So I do that. And then I become so obsessed with what I wrote down. That I fucking lose any of the juice of the yes. story. Yeah, and by by ju- just so people who, are, that is a really really important thing you just said because you and I talked about this. The first time you tell a joke or a story, yeah, works perfectly, and then it takes me like yeah, it does. fucking five more times to get the magic back. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know what the hell what happens there. What is that? Is it because we're so excited about telling this for the first time? Yeah. And you disc- and then you discover that you know a lot of the times you discover the things you thought have worked and so that right. does it and then uh, and then the other thing is is you immediately even though that happened you start to tinker with it yes so you go you know if I just do this you make it a little better make and it you a little make better. it worse yeah right. and then you just start to make it worse yeah. yeah it's a great interview and I did a review of Paul's show this past week for this week in comedy podcasts on SplitSider.com. Find that Lewis Black episode and his others at SideshowNetwork.tv, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Hi, this is Joe Klosik, and you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast. It's actually the comedy podcast podcast. It's the comedy podcast podcast. I've just been informed. You know, I got an email a couple of weeks ago that I mentioned in the tweet sack. Hey, hey, not yet, Tweety. From Frank, a.k.a. Mr. Producer at RadioFubar.com, where they, like the Sideshow Network, have a lot of podcasts on their roster. They don't have a lot of the heavyweight comedy pro talent at FUBAR, but that doesn't mean their podcast hosts don't work just as hard, if not harder, than the L.A. showbiz crowd on Sideshow. So I said, hey, Mr. Producer, send me a few clips and I will do a mini featurette on a sampling from RadioFUBAR.com's lineup. The first one out of the bag, well, he actually sent these as audio files appended to an email, but I like thinking of them as having been in a bag, is the Matt Roofer Four Hours of Power One Hour Podcast. It's, uh... It's a, well, it's a stream of consciousness podcast. They start out with a topic, but rarely end there. This show features Matt Roofer, Pete, Jacob, and Mr. Producer himself as they talk about anything and everything. They almost always talk about Star Trek, Star Wars, or some other nerd stuff. And in this clip, the guys talk about the leak of the original Star Wars cast uh, that has been let out about the new version Star Wars Episode Seven. Before we get into this, I just wanted to say there was some interesting news that yes. has been leaked about Uh-oh. Disney's new launch. Okay. Mark Hamill. No. Yep. No. They have all, they're all going to be in episode seven. No way. Okay. So, no, dude, that's actually probably one of their smartest moves. I, I mean, it's know. cool. It's cool. Here we go. It's not all of them. Well, Mark Hamill. They haven't confirmed 
uh, Billy Dee Williams yet. <laughs> <laughs> that poor yeah, bastard looks like horrible. Fucking horrible looking. He, man, not only did he get old, he got fat old. Oh, did he? He got yeah. He, get, he got fat old. Like he he could not play Lando anymore at all. Hey, hey Billy, you're playing Jabba now. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Billy D. Hey, man. <laughs> You know what we need you to do is we need you to go snort girl, some. We need you to snort some go, coke go, real go, quick go, for like no. the next year and a half. Get you real skinny. We need to get you back into shape. Mark, you look kind of haggard, but you yeah. know what? We Tuck w- a couple things. That's okay. You can blame it on the force lightning. Exactly. Yeah. There's <laughs> there you that. Go, yeah. Right. Yeah. You've already set it up in the force lightning that that even though that's probably an illusion, but whatever. We're not gonna move past that. He got Easy. fucked up by force lightning and. You know what? He's not going to look what happened to the emperor. I mean, come on now. Now, now, that's the dark side. Harrison Ford still looks okay. Yeah, he keep playing old Han Solo. Now, of the four, the one that looks Carrie Carrie Fisher looks like she was rode hard and put away (laughs) wet. wet. I'm sorry. (laughs) Carrie's Carrie's been through a lot of shit, and she's batshit crazy. (laughs) Carrie Fisher almost looks like Carl Fisher now. (laughs) (laughs) But going back to our topic at hand. Now that we we'll got the uh, insanity out of the way, yeah, we got the yeah, we had to get, get our geek on. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you go into that, let's let's, let's remember we were talking before a few weeks ago about who was gonna play everybody. Play yeah. everybody. Uh, if they're going this way, we got to assume if they're ninety fucking years old, the kids are gonna be in there. Yes, and plays the kids. <laughs> well, if it's Disney, God only, um, God help us all. You figure they're probably teenagers. Yep. The go that uh, route. Ben so Affleck. Jordan and Kira Knightley. No, <laughs> just people in their thirties that you can. Kira Knightley, <laughs> Michael Bolton. Oh yeah. yes, let's put Michael in there. Let's put Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Have him get. And this is song. the tale. Michael of just Captain as old Jack Sparrow. <laughs> First lightsaber death. Michael Bolt. <laughs> in episode oh seven. shit! That, does that mean we're gonna have to deal with Danny Elfman then? Uh, uh, probably. Uh, hey, oh, hey, hey, Michael. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, people are going to take his ass out with it. They've worked It's so bad that two of us can do decent oh, fucking geez. Star Wars sounds. <laughs> All I'm reminded right. is the George Carlin. These are the things I think about. These are the things I think about when the power goes out. But who, who plays the teenagers? Ah, oh, shit. Justin Bieber. No, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a sample of the Matt Roofer Four Hours of Power One Hour podcast. They're on iTunes, Stitcher, and 4hop.radiofubar.com. And they're also played on radiofubar.com Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Central Time. Now, this next Radio Fubar show, Chicken Dick, we have actually featured on Succotash show before. The host, John, used to be part of a duo that did a show called Truth, The Truth or Truth Podcast. Chicken Dick is another stream of consciousness podcast. It's John and Tara, a husband and wife team, along with their friend Uriah. In this clip, they talk about the excitement of doing their first live show. Mainly because I never get to hear it while we're recording. Do a little dance. That's a nice dance music you got going. Tara, you want to dance? All right, enough of that shit. Welcome to the Chicken Dick Podcast, episode number 23. My name is John. I am joined once again by a person who has more facial hair than he has hair on anywhere else on his body. 
Tara, Tara. <laughs> uh, Uriah, and I'm also joined by the person that I probably will not be sleeping with ever again, Uriah. Tara. <laughs> Damn it, I get those two mixed up. Uh, hello. Hello. Well, how are you guys doing? I am doing pretty good. Are you nervous? It's our first live episode. No. A scale of one to ten, how nervous are you? Uh, I'm about a five. I'm a white guy in black prison nervous. That's that's how I messed up. <laughs> Clinch. Don't Clinch. Don't wear your pants down low. I would love to. You know, I'm Where? to the point where I'm going to start wearing my pants low everywhere and wait for someone to take the hint. Yeah, that's just so you can get a little bit of an a- action because your wife won't give it to you. You what know, if my bitch. wife wasn't such a prude and she would actually put out, I wouldn't have to worry about it. But apparently... That's not the case. So, welcome, everybody. This is our first live ep- live episode. Um, there's probably some sort of etiquette when you're going live. but So, I'll just let everybody know, we are an adult podcast, in case you've never fucking listened before. So, if you're under the age of 18, don't let your parents know what you're doing. But you're pretty good at that because you're probably good at masturbating, right? Oh. That, well, that was just me. That I was, was really good at masturbating. Like, I had a medal. Like, most people go to track meets. Some people go to golf tournaments. I went to a masturbation competition it was great and i want you to it know it was at church I, I want you to know that the masturbation champion sitting across the table from me it doesn't make you longer like last longer in bed being a masturbating champion He's, it depends on when you did it last i mean i'm a little out of practice let's get I mean, real oh, here if you oh. masturbated five minutes before you guys go to bed it's going to make him last a little bit longer. Probably. You know how hard it is to get that much blood pumping to that area twice? I mean, it's not a whole lot of blood for me. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> a teaspoon a of blood to that area? <laughs> a teaspoon of blood. That sounds like a, the pornographic version of Mary Poppins, doesn't it? A teaspoon of blood to the penis go in. Oh, man. <laughs> so thanks for listening. I know that there's only a few people right now listening live. There may not be anybody who fucking listens live, but I don't care. This is pretty awesome. We want to give a big shout-out to uh, to Radio Fubar, the entire uh, station. Pretty awesome. Mr. Producer show coming up after this. Um, if you are not listening live, if you are dumb and you didn't hear it last week <laughs> that we were going to be going live, and you're like, oh, my God, I fucking missed it. Well, perhaps you're busy. No, they're fucking dumb. There's nothing more important than this right now. Chicken Dick can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, chickendick.com, and they're live on RadioFubar.com Saturdays at 7 p.m. Central Time. The Nerdgasm Lulls cast, <laughs> this is spelled N3RDG4SM, but pronounced Nerdgasm, Lulls cast l-u-l-z-c-a-s-t good luck finding them is four guys lj joe keg jerry h christ and silent dave they talk about all things nerd as if you couldn't guess movies phones tv game consoles and such this clip is lj talking about the car accident he was in the day of recording and the other guys giving him crap about it. oh hey guys i had an accident today oh you know you they make your pants uh, damn it, I was trying to go for that joke. I was trying to go for the Depends thing. Jerry on the spot, being Jerry yeah. on the spot. See, I'm yeah. not 100%. See what happens? That's what happens. Yeah, no, I had a car accident. Say, I, uh, I, I, I ran into the back of an old Jewish, uh, speaking of Jewish lady in a Honda Accord. What, so it wasn't Fonda with an engine in the back of her Honda? No, my, my Anaconda. I should have just left you signed off of Skype. <laughs> what? Come on! <laughs> Thanks for your concern for my well-being. Should let you rock your bed. 
Sons of bitches. No, yeah, I was uh, in New Jersey, obviously, for work, and uh, I was merging onto a. I was merging from a small road onto only a slightly bigger road, and it was a standard merging lane. You know, there's a stoplight there, but there's that little escape lane that lets you merge into the traffic. But what I didn't realize is that this merging lane had a traffic light on it, and because I, I just didn't see it, I wasn't looking for it because What's I'm. It? Wait, who puts a traffic light on a merging lane? That sounds like the dumbest idea. That sounds like it's inviting this kind of thing to happen. It's fucking New Jersey, man. I mean, oh, oh they mind. have that in Northern Virginia too. Oh, do they? Going I on mean, the Beltway, yeah. Or, no, no, on the yeah, Beltway, uh, I know because then they're they're run by like the, the time of day, right? Because yeah, it, it's so you know merging and stuff. You don't have a backlog on to like the side roads and all that good stuff. Exactly. And we have them here too, not down near Philly, not, not very many of them, but this was just from a, a simple two lane, you know, one way each one lane each way and onto a slightly bigger road. And I just did not see that stop, that, that stoplight. I thought it was a simple, you know, yield and look for traffic. She was coasting to a stop. I was, had my sh- head turned over my shoulder looking into oncoming traffic. And when I turned back, I was pretty much in, I was up inside her. <laughs> hey, I hope you bought her dinner first. This got hot fast. I know. It was, Things <laughs> escalated quickly. Uh, luckily, I barely hit her. Um, uh, so the airbags didn't go off. You know, there was no injuries. She was fine. Wait, I guess. You, you drive an Escalade? Well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the next this, this escalated quickly. Sorry. That's, <laughs> you saw that? <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> it's the next thing down it's it's a suburban and, and uh she had an accord and naturally i did there was zero damage done to my i had a crack i think i sent you guys the pictures there was a crack near my front towing hooks her bumper was is pretty much gone she needs an entirely new bumper <laughs> and uh she we, we pulled over into uh into the the bank parking lot that was right there on the corner and so we wouldn't block up traffic because we're, we're considerate people. And, and uh, she was all like, you know, semi-shaken. She, she was a little pissed, but I kind of said, listen, are you okay? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I was like, all right, I'll call the cops. I even told her, I said, it's my fault. I apologize. Um, what am I going to do? So, dude, between the accident and me leaving the accident after the cops showed up, it was like 20 minutes. It was the quickest thing. The cop took our information, came back in like five minutes and said, oh, my computer's down. There's nothing I can do right now. So you guys are you guys can go. (laughs) You didn't offer to help him get it back up and running. Hell no. (laughs) It should have gone in there and just wiped all my records clean. Not not that I have any, but. (laughs) All right, sir. What you need to do is you need to hit total delete. Yes. Format C. Oh, I need to pop in this CD. So hang on a second. You need to reboot in safe mode. Exactly. Have you tried turning it off and turning it back on? Did, uh, did you tell the lady, listen, you had an accord. Now you have an accordion. No? Seven. Again, again with the jokes. Listen, you said this is what you wanted. So. No, nobody, nobody wanted this. <laughs> no one said that. You said this. <laughs> Erroneous on all counts. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I said, I'm not even, I called the insurance company. He was like, so are you going to have to, we're going uh, to have to have your truck taken in for repairs. I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I said, look, this is my first accident in nine years. If not me not fixing my car is going to help my case for not raising my rates, then absolutely not. Don't even worry about it. The Nerdgasm Lulls Cast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, LullsCast.com, and played on RadioFubar.com Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central Time. 
Uniformed Opinions, while not technically a comedy, is for veterans, Ben, Gnome, Frank, and Silent Dave, from different services talking about different stuff. They give their opinions on different things from a veteran's point of view. It tends to be funny because they use typical military gallows humor. In this clip, the guys are talking about Blade Runner, uh, that uh, runner from uh, South Africa, killing his girlfriend and moving on to a new experimental hand. Oh, it's tasteful. What a what a weird story, though. You know, just because I think, um, you know, he was in the news recently, like uh, last summer, because of the Olympics and his attempts to to compete. You know, the regular then he came in last people body Olympics. <laughs> they uh, the big stink about that giving a competitive advantage, and he came in last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, it, it was more – it was. I think it was more like a, the principle of the thing because, again, to, to I, I think uh, the other side of that coin is to argue that he wouldn't have had a chance anyway is not a really – an argument. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to say, oh, let me compete. I'm not going to win anyway. Oh, so that's what the important thing is? So let's let a fucking – let's let someone run on his hands. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> I pay to watch that. Yeah, it's not. I mean, because because all eight people who are in there are in there to win it. You know, it's the fact that like they know who's probably going to win it is irrelevant. Um, but anyway, it was like a weird, like I said, it was a weird story because you didn't, you know, it was one of those things like you didn't expect that to happen with that specific person. It wasn't exactly a uh, a thing that you saw coming. And um, yeah, they, yeah. Still, they calling him Blade Runner if he'd stabbed her. Yeah. Well, now they're oh, calling. Him Blade oh yeah, they're definitely. Yeah, they're calling him Blade Gunner now. Oh, um, oh are they really? By the way, speaking of which, I can I can give a little uh, a little thing that's so semi related to this, <laughs> so we can end the, end the show on that. I read this week that later this year they're going to implant the first hand, the first artificial hand that has tactile feedback, meaning they connect it to your nerve endings, and it it literally has like uh, it can feel feel. It has like it's pressure sensitive. I can jerk so, off again. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you could do it now, but it, you'd be less likely to crush your dick crush your with dick. your bionic arm. <laughs> <laughs> fucking you rip squeeze, it off. Yeah, you know, you got to squeeze it like a fucking banana. <laughs> it just comes, sh- <laughs> the inside just comes shooting out the top. I almost ruined a $200 microphone because I was taking a sip of soda when you said <laughs> <laughs> You fucking squeeze it like a tub of toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> But explain, um, explain that yeah. to the nine one one operator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I need I need an ambulance. I just ripped my dick off with my bionic <laughs> hand. <laughs> oh my god, that's awful. I knew we that hilarious. Note. Yeah, let's 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 just here. about. I'm just about done for this let's week. In, let's in, <laughs> uniformedops.com on Twitter, uniformedops. <laughs> let's get uh, com slash uniformedopinions. Let's get out of here. Oh, All right, my guys. God. <laughs> All right, see you next week. See you next week, guys. Yep. Uniformed Opinions is available on iTunes, Stitcher, uniformedops.com, and is also played on radiofubar.com Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central. So there's our mini featurette on the RadioFubar.com collection of shows, and there's a whole lot more over there. So get on up to RadioFubar.com. All right, enjoy that smorgasbord if you get a chance. Uh, you know, some of those guys are on more than one show, and I don't get it. Are they being paid to podcast? Because if not, when do they work? Do they work? 
Are they on some kind of government subsidy not to work? And if so, how do I hop aboard that gravy train with biscuit wheels? Hmm? Because I'll tell you one thing, these people coming up next are not paying their bills. Trusted friends, are you part of the 99%? With tax season just around the corner, there's no better time to hitch up your britches and occupy a pair of Henderson's accountant's pants. Created by Henderson's Pants CFO Samuel Grifter to keep track of the company's then meager finances right after the stock market crash of 1929, these trousers have a series of interlocking rear pockets made for storing and sorting receipts, invoices, and financial records of every kind. Perfect for day-to-day purchases as well as those one-time big-ticket items. Just pop the paperwork in the patented paper pusher in the back of every pair of Henderson's accountant's pants and it is tucked away in the correct pocket every time. And these pants aren't just for keeping receipts in your seat. While you're taking care of business in the back, our deep pockets in the front are roomy enough to move all your money out of those giant banks and keep that folding green close to home. While there's no accounting for taste, you'll be cooking the books in style with your Henderson's accountant's pants. These trousers may be expensive, but even if you end up breaking the bank to buy a pair, they're made to tighten your belt automatically. And when tax time rolls around, there are no more forms to fill out. Just drop trow and send your Henderson's accountant's pants to the IRS. From now on, instead of giving Uncle Sam the shirt off your back, you can give him the pants right off your ass. Originally designed for Black Friday, Bernie Madoff, and national bankers who have trouble keeping their pants on, Henderson's accountant's pants are available wherever the 1% are making a mockery of capitalism. That's Henderson's, makers of fine trousers and pantaloons since 1783. And now back to Suckatash. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Pitta, and you are listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. I just like to say suck, even though it has a tash in there. Okay, now it's tweet sack time. I said, now it's tweet sack time. Tweet sack. Tweet sack. Tweet sack. Oh, there you are. Let's see what's in there. From Farnsworth Ryan. Uh, Succotash show, beer tastes better when it's strained through my mustache. I have no doubt that you think so, Farnsworth Ryan. Just as I have no doubt I will never, ever be drinking beer through your mustache. From Clutch 43, we have a clip for you that you need to listen to, LOL. Well, I'm waiting for it, Clutch 43, who is the co-host, by the way, of the Clutch and Wiggle Entertainment Experience over at CWERadio.com, where they also replay every episode of Succotash when it comes out. So send along that clip, Clutch, and up it will go. From Here Andy Talk, hi! There was an H followed by 124 I's in that message. Um, so I want, that's from here, Andy talk from Phil Ernest. Uh, that shot of my mug, enjoying a lovely beverage out of your mug is sure to give you a ratings bump. You're welcome. <laughs> that was from Phil over at, uh, Pack Hollywood. Thank you, Phil. Uh, it doesn't count as a rebuttal though. Got to hear it on your, on your podcast. Uh, from, uh, John O. Dirty Kong, Succotash is the comedy podcast podcast. Here's snippets of a wide variety of comedy podcasts from around the interwebs hosted by Hirschko. Well, thank you. They, uh, they actually took the, uh, little brief snippet profile, uh, from our own, um, 
Twitter thing and just put it into a tweet. So thanks, John O'Dirty Kong from the RVS podcast. Hello, Succotash Show. I sent in a clip today. I hope you received it with no postage due. <laughs> Indeed, Charlie. That's from Charlie Miller. Got the clip. I will put it up in the next episode. Um, that's the, from the Random Variety Show podcast, uh, who also, by the way, left a very nice message on the Succotash hotline. Hey, Mark. This is Charlie from the Random Variety Show. I just wanted to leave a voicemail because I'm catching up on your episodes. I'm in the middle of the uh, well, the very beginning of episode 53 right now. And uh, I wanted to say I loved that bonus episode of uh, 51.5, I think is what you called it. Uh, I, I liked it. So keep another one coming. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again for the mentions in the previous episodes. And as you know, I am definitely passing the Succotash. See you out there in cyberspace. Thanks, Charlie. He's, uh, he's a loyal listener and a good friend of Succotash since we started. I'll be appearing on an interview on an upcoming episode of the Random Variety Show as well, and I will tell you more about that when I find out when it's going to drop. Speaking of which, from Anti-Semantic Show, Succotash Show, I'll have to do that, especially because some people dropped your name in the last one, Emoticon Wink. Um, you know, I think they're talking about getting mentioned on Succotash because someone mentioned Succotash on the Anti-Semantic Show. I'm going to have to check that out. That's one of the most confusing tweets I think I've, I've read. Um, sorry about that. Oh, and look at this from Paul Mercurio, who we just featured earlier in the show. Uh, Lewis was a fun interview. He's talking about Lewis Black. I, he did it without pants. And he also says, uh, thanks for reviewing my podcast with Lewis Black. I'm following you. Can you follow me? Next interview I'm doing is with Mythbusters hosts, and that's going to be this Friday. So that's from Paul Mercurio. So listen to, listen to his show number eight with the hosts of Mythbusters. And here is our reading of the folks that mentioned Succotash show kindly in their tweets this week. D-Head Factor, Story Worthy, Salty Language, Barker Podcasts, The Angry Ginger, 76th Street Pod, Crobama, Rooster TF, Eric Furness, Rube Time, Combat Radio, Anti-Semantic Show, Andrew Lapo, Bo Carter 318, Clutch 43, A. McShane, Davian Dent, Tyson Saner, Mercenary Tech, Preacher's Hot Sauce, what? Peach's Hot Sauce, Brit and American, Mental Poison, and Combat Radio. All right, thank you so much for mentioning us kindly in Twitter. And now here's a list of everyone who clicked the donate button up on Succotash Show this week and threw a few bucks in to help us out. Thanks, everyone. Uh, let's get back into uh, the action. But uh, before we get to clips, it's music time. Yes, we got a new tune from our friend John Anilio, the sci-fi and mu comedy musician and co-host of the Functional Nerds podcast. Here's his latest, Wine and Twitter. Is a joke and it's So I thumb through the DSM for to find his disorder so I won't get fired. I drive my Chevy celebrity and I hear getting the single working Megan. I get home to my apartment. I can't pay the
Download your own MP3 of Wine and Twitter for free. Just hop over to johnanelio.com, that's J-O-H-N-A-N-E-A-L-I-O, and click download, then enter zero in the amount section. I gave him two bucks because I'm not a cheapskate, but hey, maybe you are. Or maybe you just want to take him up on his very kind offer to let you have that song for nothing. That's again Wine and Twitter by John Anelio. We have not played a clip from the Sal and Angelo podcast for some long time now. Sal Kalani and Angelo uh, Lorenzetti are both San Francisco comedians, and they've been interviewing mostly comedians from the area on their podcast, which includes those that have done well, moved, and then come back to either work, visit, or live back in San Francisco. Sal recently interviewed Kevin Avery, who's been working as the head writer on W. Kamau Bell's Comedy Central show, Totally Biased. TLC came out. With a little song called No Scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big hit back then. And uh, the, one of the lyrics of the song, and I love that song, you know, but one of the lyrics of the song, you know, if you, if you don't have a car and you're walking, oh yes, son, I'm talking to you. I got a car. If you live at home with your mama, oh yes, son, I'm talking to you. Wait a minute. And I, I literally, and I bop my head to that song in the club like everybody, yeah, that, 
Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I got the fuck out. I'm not... I, dude. talking about you. I was like, they're talking to me. Oh, my God. Am I a scrub? <laughs> that was the moment. I'm a punk-ass scrub. I got to get the hell... Yeah. That is hilarious. Wow. And then when you were up here, did you do tech writing still for work? I did. I did it for the longest time. I did it for most of my comedy career. Sometimes I didn't have to, but most of the time I would do it, and I just didn't tell any, anybody. Right, right. It Nobody was a, per, a personal, that. yeah, and it's just weird when you... In the world of comedy, I feel like talking about that just sort of... It diminishes you as a professional. Yeah. In other people's eyes. Yeah. Look, we all got to make money, We all get, and so there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it's hard to... I remember uh, I was working on a video. I was in a, doing a video with a very with a, a famous comedian, and um, and we were hanging out. And uh, afterwards, she invited everybody to her place for lunch. Uh-huh. You should come on over, yeah. And she, are you gonna come? To, are you gonna come over for lunch? Are you gonna, you know. And I had had this job, miserable, <laughs> fucking miserable. And I told them I had a funeral to go to. First of all, <laughs> your in, own. in 10 to 15 years, I went to a shitload of funerals, my friend. <laughs> Everybody in my family died. died. I shouldn't have a family member or a friend. Um, you know, so, sorry, another plane went down. You know, like, so I, yeah, I said, yeah, look, I got to go to this funeral. It used to be I could, in general, I could be like, I gotta go. I gotta do a thing, uh-huh. and they wouldn't question it. And that's their, they are very loose in that business. Yeah. This company, it was one of those old timey. Well, I need to know where are you going? What do you? What you, you know? And yeah. So whatever. So, but anyway, I'm doing this thing. We're finishing the shoot, and I'm excited and working with this, you know, <laughs> comedian. And and um, you're gonna you're gonna come over for for hang out. We're gonna have lunch and And I was like, um, and I'm trying to process the right answer before I can do that. This goofball standing next to me goes, he's got to go back to work. <laughs> Dick. And I, and the comedian looked at me, and you could see it in her eyes, just kind of like, you're not one of us? I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh man. God damn it. Cover blown. Cover blown. That's Kevin Avery, uh, nice guy. Should have him on the show myself one of these days. In fact, uh, W. Kamal Bell's back in the Bay Area right now uh, as the second uh, part of his season has wrapped on his show and uh, said on Twitter, I want to know if I was still interested in an interview. I told him always, so trying to set that up with uh, with Kamal. Hopefully have him on the show. You can get more of Sal and Angelo at salangelo.libson.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Smart Radio. Hey, it's Christine Blackburn with a story-worthy podcast saying you're listening to Succotash with Mark Hershon. Mark Hershon. Into Your Head podcast is one of those shows I keep meaning to feature here, and for some reason I just keep not clipping it, but I finally got it together enough to share something from it. Into Your Head is out of Ireland and hosted by Neil. That's it, just Neil. And he's done an astounding 670 episodes. Congratulations indeed. How the hell is it that I'm only now getting to this? In this clip, Neil is telling a joke. A Pope joke. Enjoy. On with the show. Two Pope Francis's walk into a bar. 
One of the Pope Francis's goes straight up to the bar counter, as do the uh, does the other, and they both say, Hello, can I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And the man behind the bar says, Ah, which of you was first? And they both say, ah, I was first, I'm the first Pope Francis. Uh, they both say in unison. And the man behind the bar says, You can't both be the first. If there's going to be two of you, uh, one of you has to be Pope Francis the first, and one of you has to be Pope Francis the second. Uh, now, of course, under the normal scheme, scheme of things, uh, only one of you would be in power at a time. So the first one would just be called Pope Francis. Francis, because it would be a bit presumptuous for him to call himself Pope Francis the first, because uh, that would be assuming somebody is going to come along and use his name again in his memory. Uh, but no, since there's two of you here now simultaneously, one of you has to be Pope Francis the first, and one of you has to be Pope Francis the second. Although if one of you's retired, I suppose you could both be called Pope Francis, and one of you could just put uh, Emeritus after your name. Uh, I feel this is out of my debt though. Depth, though. Uh, because I'm the barman, I'm not the frigging Pope, uh, the Pope's legal counsel, I have no uh, knowledge whatsoever of canon law, it's not really anything to do with me, I'm just trying to figure out who I'm supposed to serve first and uh, the first Pope says, uh, well why don't you serve both of us at the same time, as two Guinnesses, you've two taps there just line them up and I'll tell you what to make it easier, uh, I'll pay for this round and the other Pope says, that's a bit presumptuous, I don't want a second round, I only want to have one point. Well, now you're putting pressure on me to have a second one. And the other Pope says, ah, well, these things are here to test us. They're here to test us, it's God and the Satan and the devil and the rest of them testing us. So are you going to stand up and take it and uh, bow to the test and see how it goes? Or are you just going to give up and not just have one Guinness? And the uh, Pope says, I suppose that's a good point. That's a good point. And the barman says, oh, it's not finished yet. Don't taste it yet. It's only half filled. Have to wait for the foam to settle a bit now before I top it off. And the uh, Pope says, no, I didn't mean that point. I mean the point that the other fella just made. And the barman says, uh, now how does that work with the infallibility if there's two of you? And the other Pope says, we were just debating that. And it got a bit complicated, I have to admit. Uh, but don't worry, we'll just have a bit of a pray about it later. And I'm sure it'll all solve itself out with the guidance of... Anyway, hello and welcome to the show. You can get any of those uh, last 670 episodes at IntoYourHeadPodcast.com, also on iTunes. Now, the boys at Sweet Feathery Jesus have come up with a new way to get around the N-word in rap songs by using another N-word. Here's Booze, Belasco, and Dr. P. S. F. J. You're probably like me. You love a bit of hip-hop, but you're a 40-year-old white man from Highlands Park, northeast London, just on the border with Essex. And you feel a bit uncomfortable with all the N-words in the hip-hop tunes. Yeah, it's not... I can't uh, embrace them. I sing them loud. <laughs> well, I live in what you might call a vibrant area, so I can't really do that. <laughs> so, um, there is a way now that you can enjoy your rap jams without feeling quite as politically incorrect. It's a bit time-consuming. But what you do is you replace all the M-words with something a bit nicer, something less racially charged and less liable to get you beaten up if you accidentally say it out loud on the bus. It's nice if it starts with N and it's nice if it's two syllables. So mm -hmm. we've gone with this. I mean, have a listen. I tried to make mistakes, mistakes like flying papers. Just 
Place the N word with the word nipple. I'm going to start doing this. Well, there's a lot of songs that you can use it on. Ice Cube is the nipple you love to hate and is the wrong nipple to fuck with. <laughs> Two Live Crew, can a nipple get a table dance? <laughs> can a right. nipple get a table dance? DMX, my nipples. Yeah, DMX. Some nipples that you don't want to try. My nipples. Some nipples that are really do or die. My nipples. Some nipples that are happy to try. My nipples. Or cry. My nipples. Or rob. My nipples. Some nipples that are really on the job. My nipples. <laughs> there you go. See, it's a per- perfect example Jesus. now. And of course, you've got the popular internet meme, nipples stole my bike. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can do this at home. It is a little bit time consuming, but I think it's worth it in the long run. You know, a nipple really did steal my bike. <laughs> Is that where the meme comes from? Probably. Because I told a lot of people. <laughs> F-J! That's the boys at SweetFeatheryJesus.com. Been a while since we've heard from them. Always good to hear from them, though. Uh, they're also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Uh, that's Sweet Feathery Jesus, or SFJ, as they're commonly known. Another show I've been wanting to get to, but for whatever reason, just haven't, is Pod Cheese. One of the co-hosts made it too easy not to clip them this episode by sending in a clip. That, by the way, is a great idea. And here's his email that came with it. Hey, Mark, was hoping to... Hey, Mark, was hoping you could throw this clip from our podcast, Pod Cheese, up on your show sometime. We do a comedy podcast out of Philadelphia. It's a clip of the two of us, Benny Michaels and Josh Bennett, showcasing our masterful improvisational skills. I enjoy your show, Mark. It's cool that you do this. I started listening to shows such as I Am Idiot because of Succotash. Anyways, have a good weekend, man, and thanks, Benny. Thank you, Benny, and here's a little Pod Cheese in your ears. Yeah, this is Dave Mustaine from the band Megadeth, and you're listening to Pod Cheese, available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Do you do impressions of yeah. anybody? Yeah, remember I did that Dave Mustaine impression on here? Oh, yeah. Who could I do an impression of? Um, throw something at me. Oprah Winfrey. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's that thing she always yells? Oh, okay, oh, no, hold not, on, hold on. I you're not going to Dane cook it up, are you? Yeah, no, I'm going to do Oprah Winfrey. Hold right. on. You can unpack that quail. No, let me do it. What did you just say? I'll do that line. Well, yeah, because it's Dane Cook's bit when he does it. Oh, I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. But. Okay. 
So Oprah Winfrey, hit um, it. Okay, you know how she'll have like a bunch of poor people on? Sure. Okay, so imagine... Here's the scenario. There's some poor people oh, Jesus on. Jesus Christ, there's scenarios? Yeah, I'm trying to do an impression. I'm not uh, an impressionist. All right. I'm not skilled at this. Let's have it. So here's these poor people here. You know, people are clapping because these people are poor. You know how Oprah will get you to clap for poor people? People just clapping for no reason. It's off to a horrible yeah. start. People, well, no, but that, if you watch the show, I've I seen get the show it. sometimes. Okay. Got some poor people on there. I was just applauding them Come on. for being poor. All right. You got applause for that? Anyway, so people are clapping because these people are poor, and they're just kind of standing up there like, yeah, my life sucks. Knowing damn well they're going to get something. For being there, I don't know what they're crying about. On Oprah crying, if you're on Oprah crying about your tale of woe, that's not sincere because you're on there knowing you're gonna get something. You're just gonna go on Oprah and she's gonna send you home, like, oh, hey, hey sorry, thanks for sharing. We'll see you later. That'd be you know, awesome. You're hooked up. That'd be awesome. But these people oh. are up there crying, and then you know, Oprah's pulling those heartstrings, and then goes, "Well, you just want a new car." All oh, that for Oprah? Yeah, that's my that Oprah impression. <laughs> she goes, You just want a new car! Any house! And there's, you know, all this applause. Put some applause. That's uh, good. That's, hold on. that's your Oprah? I don't know. Well, that's my Oprah, man. Okay. How about me? T- t- toss me one. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, do an impression of, uh, well, your Barack Obama is horrible. We've established that. Yeah, I'm sick of doing that, you know what I mean? Come on, give me a new one. Um, what's something that's relevant to pop culture? Man, I, I gotta tell you what to give me? <laughs> Can't think of anyone. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? I'm sure I could think of someone. God, you suck at um, this. I don't know. I don't know. He's a do fucking Barack Obama. Fuck that. No. Man, do an impression of somebody who can give somebody else an impression. <laughs> Let's see that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do an impression of, uh, I don't know. Who's in the news nowadays? Again, why do I have to feed you who to feed me? I don't feel like doing this. I just want to do it Man This is actually easier doing an impression of someone That I can't do an impression of very well Than what? um well, that, Oh then thinking of somebody yeah. that, yeah. Well I was off the cuff that Oprah thing Yeah Yeah, We do a lot of improv on here Did you notice that? Well, yeah I hope that thing was off the cuff Because if that was <laughs> on the cuff You need well, to You really can't give me one person Who I should do an impression of I don't know Check out unsungphilly.com. <laughs> Let's talk about that instead. Go to unsungphilly.com. Awesome website, man. Spread the pod cheese at podcheese.podbean.com and also on iTunes. Now, here's the second half of this epi's double burst durst This time around, Will Durst is talking about holding a GOP autopsy. Hey, guys. 
Will Durst here with a few choice words about the Republicans releasing their 100-page report detailing why the last presidential campaign was dead on arrival. Some say it's a comprehensive post-election review, while others call it an autopsy. But fairy tale might be more like it, with the general theme finding nothing wrong with the party's message. The problem is all in the delivery. No need to be more compassionate, just learn how to seem more compassionate. Gotta win Ohio without taking off Arkansas. In other words, the only remedy necessary is to bleach the spots off the leopard. You know, these guys are more clueless than a blindfolded Inspector Clouseau with amnesia. You want an autopsy? I'll give you an autopsy. Concerning the corpse of the 2012 Republican campaign, External examination of the body, an old white billionaire, reveals a serrated knife approximately nine inches long with the initials Grover Norquist engraved on the handle, protruding from under the right side between the fifth and sixth ribs. Gunshot residue was found four inches thick covering the right hand, which considering the holes in the right temple with an upward trajectory is consistent with a series of self-inflicted gunshot wounds. DNA tests reveal skin samples found under the broken nails of both hands are indicative of a series of fights between the victim and an unknown woman or women. The nose is missing, which corresponds to a recent recurring history of Tea Party-itis where the sufferer has been known to cut off his nose despite his face. Pending toxicology results, internal examination reveals organs to be in a state consistent with the victim's age except for the discovery of a total absence of heart. This myocardial void has been determined to be the cause of death, along with the aforementioned complications from various extreme traumas. In other words, the victim was probably dead for a long time, just didn't know it. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. Thanks again, Will Durst. Get yourself as much Durst as you can muster at willdurst.com. Also read his tweets at Will Durst. On Twitter, man, was that a chock-full-of-clips episode of Succotash or what? Crazy! Less clips next time, I think, but a wild interview with Andy Kindler, along with a bunch of other comedians that I kept trying to shoo away from our table. Now, if there's a favorite comedy podcast that you listen to but haven't heard us feature on the show, you can always write me at mark, M-A-R-C, at succotashshow.com and let me know about it. Also, feel free to call our Succotash hotline and leave a message. That's 818-921-7212. So you can talk about comedy podcasts or pretty much anything else you want, and I will play that on the show. If you're a comedy podcaster and we've not featured a clip from your show, you can always send us a 3-5 to five minute MP3 clip to clips at succotashshow.com. Also, please like us on Facebook, rate and interview us on iTunes, thumbs up us on Stitcher, and retweet us at Succotash Show. Until next time, won't you please pass the Zuckatash? Now, Bill Haywatt, get me the hell out of here. You've been listening to Zuckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com or at Suckatash Show on iTunes and even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone Stitcher app. 
Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at marc at suckatashshow.com. Or just pick up that phone and give Suckatash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is... Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Hi, I'm Rhonda from Wellness Partners. This is Sylvia. We're out in the middle of um, nowhere <laughs> picking corn on a 95 degree day, but we want to go home and make a southwestern succotash. And we like to keep all of our ingredients as fresh as we can, so this is what we're looking for. We're looking for the perfect corn. Let me see if I can find an ear here of perfect corn. We'll see what kind of corn this is. It looks like a 120 day, maybe a silver queen or butter sugar, and that'll be just perfectly succulent for the southwest succotash. We're going to combine this with zucchini, yellow squash, and red peppers saute together with some spices, onions, and parsley. And it'll make a delicious vegetable dish.